Chapter 13 The room was enormous. The wallpaper was a luscious, textured red velvet with black, blooming roses lining it from ceiling to floor. The curtains were made of thick, white satin. It looked like a fantastical castle room from a children's picture book. There was even a king-sized canopy bed with wood posts as big around as the trees they'd been carved from. There were lamps made of crystal and candelabras of silver and bouquets of flowers everywhere. All of it looked rather nice, but across the white tiger skin rug just past a huge fireplace was a pair of enormous doors with an eerie shadow dancing along them. The fire cracked and hissed. The doors were locked. And standing beside them, dangling a key from one hand with his back to the fire, was a man Laura wished she didn't recognize. She wanted him to be a strange killer, ready to put an axe through her head or chase her around with sharpened bones. She wished this man could just be a lonely truck driver who made a habit of collecting girls along the road. Something from a scary movie. Something she could picture and prepare herself for. But this man was something much worse. He was Caleb Caulfield. Hanging on either side of his darkened face were the same unhealed, cankerous cauliflower ears from so long ago, reddened and swollen as ever. Between them, black, empty eyes hid behind the glared reflection of trifocal prescription lenses. Tarantula hairs poked out from his chin. His teeth were still chipped and jagged, glowing yellow in the firelight. Caleb jingled the key playfully in his hand, and his smile shifted sideways. This was the closest they'd been since the days of algebra class. Except now, for the first time, they were looking each other in the eyes. Caleb seemed to savor this. Laura could tell by his smile and silence. There were small crescents of lemon light in his oversized pupils. Laura was pinned back against a wall, clawing at it with her hands, the tips of her fingers scratching the carpeted roses. She'd pissed herself, and a dark stain ran down her legs. She'd been screaming ever since Caleb carried her from the truck and into this elaborate bedroom. Now her mouth was dry and she could only sob. Her nose was running. Caleb had a glass of ice water in his other hand. There was a curly pink straw poking out the top of it. Laura twisted and threw her head back, resisting as Caleb walked over and shoved the glass in her face and mumbled. Take a drink of water, he said. Laura shook her head. Her eyes scanned the walls. There seemed to be no way out, except through the doors behind him. She reached at one of the heavy metal lamps next to her. Caleb lifted the glass higher 
and took another step toward her. You're safe here, he said. We can talk later if you want. I expected you to be frightened. Have some water. You should drink it. You've cried yourself dry. Laura swatted at the glass, knocking it out of his hand and shattering it on the floor. Fuck you, she shouted. You fucking creep. Let me go. She grabbed the lamp next to her and jerked its cord from the wall and swung it at him. Caleb retreated. Laura pointed the lamp at him. Take me back to the hotel, she yelled. Caleb took another step toward her. Don't you want to know why you're here? He asked. Laura swung the lamp at him and he backed up again. No, he said. Unlock that door and take me back. Caleb put his hands in the air. But what about the jar dreams? He asked. Laura loosened her grip on the lamp and slouched at the shoulders, staring at him blankly. How did he know? She looked him in the eyes. He began to look more normal. It was the first time he seemed real. There was a sincere amount of worry in the way he was squinting at her. It wasn't a smile on his face. It was a look of concern. I'm in them with you, he said. You're not dreaming me. I'm there. Laura dropped the lamp and clutched herself. How could he know? Caleb took a step toward her, but this time she barely flinched. Caleb moved slowly. He was acting like she was the crazy one. Was she the crazy one? A flash of the hotel parking lot popped into her mind. The lights streamed by like she was passing the whole scene from behind a car window at a high speed. The crowd of men were far away. They all looked really small, like children. The light from the street lamp became the sun and then changed to the glow of a gymnasium spotlight. It hung high in the air and cast down a haunted white glare onto the backs of several boys. All of them had short, buzzed heads and were in spandex unitards. There were twelve of them, huddled in a circle, their fists reeling back and landing blows that sent echoing, muted thuds in a swirl around the enormous empty room. They all breathed heavy between fits of laughter, their shoes squeaking on the rubber-matted floors. Laura was watching it from above, like a chasm lined with grinding teeth made of human flesh. Just below the surface of hands and arms and spandex backs, there was the twinkle of two black pupils, suspended in the darkness. They were eyes desperately searching for a way out. They belonged to a boy in the center, on his back, writhing as the others beat him. His eyes grew blacker. This blackness ate away at his irises, then spilled over and covered the whites. 
A lonely feeling swelled in Laura as she floated above this gruesome scene. Then, at once, the eyes saw her floating there. They looked up at her longingly, seeming to cry for help. But Laura began to rise, floating higher and higher away from it, up toward the bright lights of the ceiling and into its blinding shine as horrible screams of violent pain stabbed into her ears. Ow! Laura came out of this vision screaming at the top of her lungs, curled into a ball on the floor with her hands cupped tightly over her ears. She was flailing her legs as if to beat away an animal attacking her. Caleb had a hand on her shoulder and was kneeling over her. Where did you go? he asked. Where are you right now? Wake up, Laura. Wake up. Laura could feel his hand on her. It gripped her spirit and pulled her from the darkness of her dream. She blinked. The big room came back into view at a sideways angle from where she lay on the floor. She lay cramped beneath Caleb's hand like a sick pet, her chest beating like a drum, her mouth drooling. Caleb's voice had an awkward amount of casualness to it. I got an idea, he said. Let's get out of here. Do you want to get a drink? I know a place that's open all night. Let's go get a beer. Laura whimpered and wiped her nose with her sleeve. I, I don't drink beer, she said. Caleb smirked. Somehow his teeth had become less sharp. His whole presence seemed less frightening. His ears looked smaller and the hand that rested on her did so with an unassuming open palm, like he was holding a board in place to nail it down, nothing even slightly suggestive. He turned and looked toward the fire while nodding. You can drink whatever you want, he said. Laura pulled herself up on an elbow, coughing the same way she did every morning. Dan had always blamed the cough on cigarettes, but Laura had always secretly blamed it on Caleb and the jar dreams. She suddenly thought about Dan, wondering what part of this, if any of it, was real. Worry struck her and kept her from rising. She reached out and grabbed onto Caleb's arm. Where's Dan? she asked. What happened to Dan? Caleb looked at her, confused, helping her up onto her feet with both hands. Who's Dan? he asked. My boyfriend, she said. What happened to him? Where is he? You mean that idiot from the hotel? Caleb asked, shaking his head. That jackass started a fight with a dozen of my guys. Did they kill him? she asked, tearing up. Please tell me he's okay. Caleb gave her another strange grin. Some of the boys that work for me are real hillbilly tough pieces of shit, he said, but none of them would kill someone. They're all too dumb and young. He pulled a cigarette out from his breast pocket, tapping it in his hand. 
I'd imagine they beat his ass, and maybe taped him to a tree like the high school bullies they used to be. But if your man is dead, I guarantee you it was his own doing. No one who works for me is any kind of criminal. Foolish as they may be, they all fear God. Laura nodded her head, looking into the flames of the fireplace. She believed what Caleb was telling her. All of it. A stale silence came over the room. Caleb shrugged his shoulders and cleared his throat. Let's go for a drive and get you out of this room, he said. He pointed to a corner where a folded stack of clothing from her suitcase sat in a chair. You can change or do whatever you need. There's a bathroom over there. He pointed to a small door that blended in with the wallpaper. Other than its thin outline and its ornate knob, it was practically invisible. She squinted and it vanished entirely. Caleb's voice trailed off as he turned and walked toward the fireplace. Do whatever you need to do, he said. I'm going to go have a cigarette by the truck. Take your time. Caleb, she asked, quietly. Caleb stopped and glanced back at her while holding the doorknob. Yeah, he asked. Promise me that you'll take me back to Dan, she said. He looked away from her and back into the fire. His face turned expressionless and blank. I don't know where he is, he said, but if you need to find him, I'll help. I only want to help you, Laura. We can talk about it more once you're comfortable. He turned back toward the door and opened it. I'll be right outside, he said. Take your time. Then he closed the door behind him, and Laura waited for the sound of him turning the key to lock her in, but it never came. She listened to the slow drag of his boot heels fading down the long hallway on the other side, followed by an abrupt slam of a screen door.